You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you got your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 5. I like to just jump right in as I want to make sure I get you out of here on time and, and good things there. And um, You know, thank God for the Word of God. You know, we had a great time yesterday with the uh, men's breakfast. We actually had two gentlemen uh, found out about it online, called the office and came, and, and that was really precious. We were so glad that they came. Had a good time of fellowship. It was really a blessing. Amen. So that's why we like you're watching and things are going, you never know what's going to take place. Good stuff. And uh, uh, we praise God for that. And actually, it was such a blessing because all the guys helped me clean up all of the ladies' um, tea thing for the preschool. They had their mom and, and child Mother's Day thing out under the tent. Ladies, I know they didn't tell you you're going to be having your tea party out under the nice tent, new tent that we have, plus the other big tent. It's going to be all decked out, making pretty, so... You're going to have a good time. You need to sign up and be blessed there. But anyways, they helped me tear down all the tables and all the chairs and move the tent in the right spot. And, and then they helped clean the church. Glory to God. These guys were awesome. So it was good. Yeah, yeah these guys, they need a hand killer. They were awesome. And then you can see that uh, you got new envelopes there. We folded a thousand envelopes. So we had guys help us do that too. And guys can fold. You know that? Look at that. So that's pretty... <laughs> It's impressive. None of them are going to tell you who they did, who did it, because they'll deny it. But no, they did good. Hallelujah. So glory to God. Hey, let's pray so we can get out of happy birthday and get into the word. Amen. Father, we, we honor you today and, and thank you for your word. Thank you for these wonderful folks that are here. And Lord, we do thank you uh, that your grace is sufficient and your mercy is wonderful. And Lord, I ask that you anoint these lips of clay. Let me just speak so that you'll be seen, you'll be glorified, you'll be magnified. And let the word of God touch hearts. That's my heart's cry this morning. Father, we thank you that we can just come before you and honor you and love you, but we thank you for your presence. It's you that we want to meet with. It's your word that we want to bring forth. Let it come forth. Let it touch lives. So Holy Spirit, you move, you manifest, and you touch each and every life that's here and that's watching. Thank you for that now, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You know, I want to share something this morning with you, and um, from, from Matthew chapter 5, it's a very familiar passage of scripture, because it's the Sermon on the Mount, it's the Beatitudes, you know, things that we, we talk about, and what Jesus shared, it's one of his first sermons that we have logged on in the Bible that he's sharing with his disciples, and, uh, you know, it, it's an amazing thing, because I, I want to I open up your heart and eyes of how our attitude needs to be right now. You know, we live in a unique time. And we do, we're living in unique time right now, but we're living in the most greatest time to be part of the church. And don't let my voice throw you, I'm going to be just as excited as I am, might not be as loud, but I'm going to be just as excited, and I don't care if it goes completely out, we're going to keep going, amen? You know, Melly can just keep turning me up, we'll be good, hallelujah. But here, here it is, is that we need to understand that God chose you and I to be at this time and to be serving him, honoring him, and living our life to everybody else out in the world right now. God chose you and I. Amen? So this is the greatest time to be alive. But we need to understand some things here. We need to know uh, how we're supposed to act or how, what kind of attitude we're supposed to have. 
because I don't know about you, you know, I get on Facebook and I see a few things and uh, it's amazing how people act. And it's amazing what people say or do. You know, I saw one thing that I actually really liked. It said, maybe you shouldn't judge people by what you heard. Because aren't you glad that God doesn't judge you by what he knows? <laughs> and God knows everything about you. So it said, maybe we shouldn't judge those people by what we've heard. Aren't you glad that God doesn't judge you by what he knows? Amen. But here, I want to give that, I want to open these things up because God said we're blessed for these. These, these are our, our attitudes. Our, when he says, blessed is he, he's talking about he wants to empower us to prosper us in every area of our lives. Because did you know that how you live shows everybody how much you know God or how much you, you, know, you, you, you know God in your life? How you live is how everybody sees God, sees how much you know him. Now, I know that doesn't go over very big. It didn't go over big in, in, in the first service with all the older folks. <laughs> they didn't like that at all. Because it is. How you live shows how much you know God. How you talk shows how much you fellowship with him. It went over the same way in the first service. It just did. How you talk shows how much you fellowship with him. How many of you know that the enemy is attacking relationships? He's attacking families. He's trying to divide. He's trying to uh, uh, get people to look at this aspect or that, get people into fear, get people into judgment. He's endeavoring to try to break relations because if the devil can get you isolated, he can defeat you. Right. Amen. He doesn't want things. He doesn't want people coming together. He doesn't want people. No, the world doesn't want that. The devil does not want you coming together and, and, and learning the word of God, coming together, fellowship, coming together, get strength. Because if you do, then you actually have a mind of your own. He wants to tell you what to do and how to do it. Amen? See, because how well we begin to get to know God or how we begin to, to live this life is going to be shown up in our deed, in our actions, and, and what we're doing. And God told us what kind of attitude we're supposed to have at this time and at this hour right here in this word. This word right here. That he told us, this is what we're supposed to take hold of. And so when you see this, when you understand this, I think it's going to bless you. So let's look at verse 1. And as seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. So Jesus sat down, and his disciples came, he was going to get to talk to him. And he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be Poor in spirit. Isn't that amazing that Jesus would say, first of all, guys, listen, those that are poor in spirit, hallelujah, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Because you know what? The first thing you need to understand that this word blessed means he's empowering us to prosper. So what empowers us to prosper to know about if we're poor in spirit? When you realize that you need Jesus, you needed a savior. We needed the spirit of God. Without Jesus, we're nothing. The difference between us and the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our acceptance of him. He made us a new creature. Amen? He's the one that did that. And you know, one of the, one of the hardest things for people to do, especially Christians, is to maintain the glow. 
maintain being excited about God. The hardest thing for people to do is maintain their joy and and, and uh, their faith in believing. You know, joy and peace. Really, it's that joy and peace in believing. In it's hard for people to stay happy. And and when I say that, it's simply just grabbing a hold of the joy. When you understand how awesome God is, and that you need Him, Amen. Listen, without Jesus, we can do anything. And without the anointing, without the power of God, we don't have, have, any, have anything here. Here's, here's one of the things God gave me many, many years ago, many years ago, because when I first started out in ministry, I thought I had to be a certain way. I thought, you know, I grew up in church, so I, I saw how everybody acted. And I thought, gosh, I don't want to grow up and be like them. I really didn't. You know, I love Jesus with all my heart. It only took about three years for them to take, put me down. You know, you, you know, if you hang around with dead people, you become dead. So you say, oh, you're just picking on. No, I'm just telling you that's what was happening because they, were, they weren't allowing the Spirit of God. But then when I, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, got called into the ministry. So, but I thought, okay, I'm going to be a pastor. This is how I'm supposed to act. And after a month of being that kind of a person, I said, Lord, I quit. I don't like hearing me. I don't like being me. I don't even like me. This is no fun at all. This is no fun. I said, I, I'm not doing. He said, listen, where there is no joy, there is no strength. He said, if you're not enjoying it, I'm not enjoying it. He said, if you're not enjoying it, I'm not enjoying it. I said, well, I'm not enjoying it, so you've got to be not enjoying it. He said, where there is no joy, there is no strength. What it means is the joy of the Lord, your strength. He said, the problem is, is that you're trying to act like this. You're trying to act like the people that you think you're supposed to be. And you didn't like them when you first saw them. Why are you acting like them? I said, well, how am I supposed to act? He said, well, who are you? I said, I'm me. He said, here's what you need to do. Blessed are the poor. You need me. So let's let me and you go out there and let's have fun. I said, you mean I get to have fun? I can be me. I can just come out and who what it is. And if they like it, they'll actually show up and come back. If they don't, they won't. He said, yep. I said, I'm going to starve. <laughs> I said, we're in trouble. He said, no, 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 no. Why don't you just do that? Because see, they'll see the joy that you have. And where there's joy, there's strength. See, when you begin to see it, he said this. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We get to see that God laid out. He laid out a set of attitudes that we need. That's going to empower us how to to walk the way he wants us to walk right now. Because what we need to do, we don't need to go with our past experiences. The world doesn't need to hear, you know, what he did, God did so many millions of years ago or thousands of years ago, even except that Jesus died for them. Other than that, they need to see and hear in our life what it's done for us right now. Amen. What God is doing in us right now. Hallelujah. Because we need to know without him, we can do nothing. Amen. Hallelujah. When you see that, it just changes everything for you. Because remember I said, it's so hard for people to maintain an excitement. It's so hard for them to maintain uh, 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 the fire of God. And the reason being is because we don't fellowship with God enough. Amen. Now, I know I'm hyper. I know I'm a little different. I know that I get excited, and I am. And I've been that way all of my life. Man, wouldn't you hate it to have been around me when I was a little kid? I had my grandson with me yesterday, and I had to get him to do things. My grandson was with me, and he had to help fold those thousand envelopes, too, because he was with me. But he was constant noise. He was in the car, constant noise. Constant 
and, 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 and I wanted to reach back and just lay hands on them. But here's the funny thing about it. All of a sudden, I had this picture. It was me and my dad when I was his age. I mean, the whole conversation, and I, I just started laughing. I mean, it just, I thought, oh my gosh, he's me. That's me. This is the whole thing. I thought, I'm in trouble. And my dad was, you know, yelling at me like, if you don't shut up, you don't stop doing it. Quit making noises. And I thought, I said, I make all the noises you want. Hallelujah. It was great. Because it just tickled me. And maybe I thought, you know what? Glory to God. It's me. So there's hope for him. <laughs> He's going gonna, gonna to be good. There's hope for him. Hallelujah. You know, because here's the thing about it. When you know that without Jesus, that when you understand being poor in spirit simply means I need heaven's help. Guess what? You have all of heaven at your disposal. You're not, it doesn't matter what's going on earth. You got all of heaven that'll come down because that same spirit that raised you up is that same spirit or raised up Jesus is the same spirit that dwells in you. Isn't that amazing? Look at verse three, you know, or verse four, excuse me. Blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. Now, I ask myself this question, okay, Holy Spirit, how is mourning going to prosper me? That's a great question. So you're asking yourself the same question. If he said you're going to be empowered to prosper by mourning, what is that? Because the first thing he said, I'm poor in spirit. I need Jesus. I need the presence of God. I need you. Second thing he said, blessed are those that mourn. Well, here's the thing about it. When you got born again, I know when I got saved, even though I got saved as a long child, when I got saved, I wanted everybody to be saved. I wanted all my friends. I dragged 20 kids down to the altar the next night. Let them down there, pushed them down there. I, you know, none of most of them didn't get saved, but I, they made they said the sinner's prayer because I made them. <laughs> but you know, because that's what they said. You know, but anyways, you know, because I just wanted them all. I wanted them to feel what I felt. I wanted them to know what I knew in my heart. Amen. And and here's the thing about it is is that when the Bible says, "Blessed are those that mourn," Amen. For they shall be comforted. Means that we've got to take hold of the truth of the Word of God, and we got to realize, you know, there are so many people out there that need Jesus right now, more than ever. They need Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. I mean, wow. You know, here's the thing about it is, remember Daniel? Daniel, he's got everything. I mean, Daniel, you know, he was, they, were, they were taken into captivity as young boys, and yet God had his hand upon them. Daniel, you know, interprets the dream there. He goes through three or four different kings, I mean, as, as he continually grows old. But in the last of his days, he reads in the book of, of Jeremiah that says, hey, we're supposed to be delivered. It says in 70 years we're going to be come out of captivity. It's been over 70 years. Why is the word not? Jeremiah's a prophet. How come his word's not being fulfilled? What does he do? He puts on sackcloth and ashes. And he begins to pray and to intercede. And he mourns, first of all, for his own sins. Then he mourns for the sins of the nation. And he begins to pray and say, God, we're supposed to be delivered. We're supposed to be delivered. When are we going to get delivered? Amen. He's mourning for that. You know, we need to. We didn't know. God's called us to a lost and dying world out here, guys. God's called us to not only for them, but also for us and to pray for those who haven't repented in the church, those who haven't taken hold of saying, you know what, I'm going to pray. Why is that so important? Because when you do that, when you give of yourself, glory to God, God begins to do supernatural things on the inside of you. Changes your whole attitude about, well, I'm saved. You're not. Go to hell. I don't care. (laughs) Amen. <laughs> hey, 
I know none of you would ever say that, but I said that for you just to help you out there. The key is, is that, it is that and I didn't cuss or anything there. It's just because hell is a real place. We didn't use it as a word. But here's, here's what it is. We need to be concerned about that. See, the attitude that we need to have is not, hey, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to do. We've got to understand it. But we've got to know that, you know what? God wants us to reach each and every one. God wants us to touch lives. That's God's promise. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. That's what he wants to. We need to, uh, when we grab a hold of that, it'll change everything about us. Hallelujah. And you know, the funny thing about this is that, you know, I used to talk with Brother Self all the time. He'd say, I'm praying for the church to get saved. I said, that's an interesting comment. I said, what do you mean you're praying for the church to get saved? He said, I'm praying for the church to get saved. And the reason being is, is because when the church actually truly gets saved and they get an understanding, then people from the world will come running in to get it here. Because he wants to see the church show repentance for the things walking in this time. And begin to pray and to intercede for these. Stars. We've got to make sure that we do that. We mourn over that of what's going on. Don't let all the crazy things that are going on in the earth, all the bad things, and don't let that attitude of getting mad at the world. doesn't do any good to get mad at the world. doesn't do any good to get mad at those that are opposing laws. You know, yes, we want to come against that. Yes, we want to pray against it. But don't get mad. Don't get the attitude of trying to attack. Get the attitude of, man, they just don't know. Their eyes are blinded. So you got to keep the right attitude so you can keep right. Because look what the next verse says. It says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Amen. I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't like the earth right now. Who wants to inherit the earth right now? Golly. You know, it says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. When you understand about meekness and what meekness means, meekness means you're teachable. Meekness simply means that God can use you, God can, can, can uh, talk to you, and here's the wonderful thing about meekness is, is that meekness means that you accept everything that God said about you. Meekness is not you putting yourself down. Meekness is not saying, oh, I just want to be over in the corner and don't want anybody to see me. No, meekness is saying, glory to God, God made me. God has said I'm an overcomer in this life. God said I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. God said greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. God said he ordered my steps. Hallelujah. God said he's going before me like a shield through favor. God said some things about me. He said I'm wonderfully and beautifully made. So you got to stop telling yourself how ugly you are and how bad everything is amen see we see when we understand meekness it's meekness receives what God says about him that's why Moses said this Moses said I am the meekest man on the face of the earth people go see there he's bragging about himself no he said Lord I can't do anything but I'm teachable and I'm going to do what you say to do I'm going to do this I'm going to desire you I'm going to do what you want see when you truly understand this when you truly understand what the attitude of meekness is, it brings the fullness of the earth. Amen. And you know, it brings the goodness of the earth, not the ugliness. Amen. See, meekness means God's going to show you how you can prosper, how you can be blessed, how you can just enjoy the things of the earth and not be covetousness. Amen. It gives us these in here. Look at here where it says in verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
Most people don't hunger. Now, I liken it to this because most ladies don't get hungry, so we're going to say you get thirsty because all of you have water bottles with you all the time, thinking things, you're doing something. So, so yours is thirsty. Those that you know, get a thirst after rice, you got a hunger and thirst after it because we got to get hungry for the things of God. We got to get hungry for righteousness, knowing that we're in right standing with God. Remember I said in the beginning that it seems it's so hard for the body of Christ to maintain a fervency, to maintain an excitement. People say, yeah, it's just not my personality. Listen, we need to put a little fire under you. Even though it's not that, it's not that everybody has to be hyper like me, but everybody needs to be hungry for the things of God. Because he said, they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Righteousness just means right standing. When you know you're right with God, you're at peace. Amen. You know, I, I'm not bragging on me and when I say this, and I shared this in the, in the first service, but, you know, when uh, and all of, I've spent all of my ministerial life and everything, just because I thought this is what everybody did. I thought everybody gets up and they pray and they fellowship with God and they read their Bible because they need to. If they don't, the devil wins that day. So I always did that because, you know, when I was doing things, you know, just starting out in ministry and stuff, I needed all the help I could get. I wouldn't have enough sense to know what to do. So I always had to go find out and talk to the Lord. But when I was in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, we never had, you know, we, we had Pittsburgh days. We didn't have normal days. And so what, what happened is, is that I just knew I had to pray. I had to get myself ready because you never know what was going to happen. I mean, I could stand up here and tell you stories. I mean, Jenny, she was my children's minister in, in, in there. And now she's out here. Bless, praise God, she's been delivered. Just like I was delivered. And I love Pittsburgh, love all of you guys, but I've been delivered. Anyways, but... So people used to call, I mean, we had traveling ministers come in, and I'd talk to them, and then they would call me later and say, how you doing? And I'd tell them how great God is, because I always up, I'm always talking about how good God is. I never magnified the devil, I always magnified the Lord, amen? So they'd always say, man, you're always up, and you're always, things are happening. I said, well, that's because God's always up. But what these traveling ministers would do, they'd go to all these other churches around the United States, and these pastors would be complaining about how terrible their congregation is, and how bad, and how, what they're facing, and all this kind of stuff. And they'd tell them, listen, you need to call Mark Butler. You just need to call him. Call him, talk to him for 10 minutes, and you will shout where you're, where you're at. You will just get so excited over your folks, you'll get so happy. And so they'd call me. And they'd say, hey, so-and-so said to call you. I'm having this. Man, this is what's going on. And I'd tell them just two or three things. You can't tell them everything because then they just overwhelm them. I'd tell them two or three things that happened that day. And then they go, oh, glory to God. I am so glad I passed her where I passed her. I'm so glad my folks are angels. I said, yeah, they are. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, he said, well, why, why was that? Well, it was just we were running a rescue mission three feet from the gates of hell. But on the other side of the coin is, is that I think some people, you know, that haven't faced the fire, haven't faced the difficulties of the enemy and having to trust God. We saw miracle signs and wonders. We saw people getting born again. We saw people getting healed. There were so much supernatural things because God was moving because it wasn't us, it was him. Amen? It was him. But we had to stay hungry because if you didn't stay hungry, you're going to get eaten. You know, I mean, like I said, I can sit there and tell you story after story after story. But hunger or thirsting simply pulls down heaven's power. It pulls down heaven's resources. Hallelujah. And what it says, if we will get hungry and thirsty, we are guaranteed to get filled. Amen? Amen. 
So if you're not full, it's just because you're not hungry enough or thirsty enough. I want to stay here and just meddle, but we're going to keep going. Let's go on. Verse 7 says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Isn't it wonderful Jesus used mercy right after hunger? Because he knew that we were all going to fall short on hunger. But he said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I don't know about you, but I love mercy. You know what mercy is? Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. All of us deserve some really bad things. But you don't get it because God has mercy. Now, see, grace means we get all the things, hallelujah, that God wants to give to us. See, we get, mercy means we get these things. You know, we don't deserve to get them, hallelujah, but we get them because of God's grace. Mercy is the things that we were supposed to get, we don't get. Aren't you glad for the things you missed? Amen. Aren't you glad for the things you missed? I am so glad for God's grace, the things that he's given unto me, but I am so glad for his mercy when I made all the stupid mistakes, all the, and God still gave me mercy. So God, give me mercy, mercy, mercy. You know, I mean, I've been accused of having way too much mercy. People say, well, you're still dealing with that person. You're still dealing with this person. How come, I don't know how you put up with that, how you can keep receiving those calls or doing these things. I said, listen, I need all the mercy I can get. So I'm sowing it. I'm going to give some mercy because I know I'm going to need it down the road. And I want to have a lot in my bank so I can make a deposit. I can make a draw. Lord, I've been merciful. You mean, this. He said, blessed are the merciful. Because they shall obtain mercy. See, some of you, you ain't got any mercy. That's why you ain't getting no mercy. You're not being merciful. I mean, you are a letter of the law. Some of you are a little bit too legal. Hallelujah. You got this thing here. You know, we got a hold of things. Look at verse 8. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, this is one of the greatest ones here. Because what does it mean to be pure in heart? How many know you can be right in your heart and wrong in your head? We see that with everybody. <laughs> Just got to say, oh, me and amen, you know. And uh, because when it talks about being pure in heart, they shall see God. See God. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, it tells us that God's eyes are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth that he might strongly support or he might show himself strong to those whose heart is pure toward him. A pure heart simply means that you don't intend to do the things that you sometimes do. But you, in, you take hold of it and you say, Lord, I want to take hold of your truth. And what it does is it keeps you that when you do miss it, you're quick to repent. You're quick to forgive. Amen. See there? I know that would go over real big too. But we've got to learn how to do that. Because you can't let the world offend you. When they tell you you have to abide by their laws or their rules. Thank you for your overwhelming response. I know you're shouting and you're out there. I got to talk to the audience out there. When you guys get quiet, we got to believe that these guys are just hooked up with me. You know, even with their coffee and whatever they're doing. Of course, it's 12. They're probably having lunch right now. But anyways, it's, uh, no, why is that so important? Because when we know when we blow it, we've got to be quick to forgive ourselves. We've got to be quick to repent, get things right. How do you, when you do that, you keep your heart tender and pure because you don't want to get it hard. It's easy to get a hard heart right now. It's easy to get frustrated at people and the body of Christ. It's easy to get frustrated at the world. It's easy to have a, a, a hunker down mentality. God doesn't want us hunkered down. God wants us out shouting the victory and, and going out, sharing the love of Jesus. God wants us touching lives. 
but he also wants you to guard your heart. Proverbs chapter 4, it says that this, it says that we need to guard our heart for out of it flows the issues of life or the forces of life. Everything, because faith is of the heart, so we've got to make sure that the pure in heart, it says, blessed are, are, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. We're going to see God in everything that we're doing. God's going to do it. We see God's going to bring things. And what you got to do is you got to forgive, you got to repent, and you got to allow God to touch you. And then you never got to give up. Don't quit. See, the devil can't defeat you. He can only get you to quit. And so you don't want to quit. Amen. Don't quit. Don't quit because the result of having a pure heart means that you're going to see God in your life. And you got to know that in your heart, that's why, because when you stand before God and have fellowship with him, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to deal with you. And he's always going to deal with you about walking in love. And I know everybody hates that scripture. It's a tough scripture. It is. I mean, I've said it to the Lord many times. Lord, why do I always have to walk in love? Why do I always have to do what's right? Why do I always have to be the one that first forgives? Why do I always have to be the one that goes to somebody and says, okay, it seems like you're offended at me. I have no idea what I did, but please forgive me. Because that's the Bible. And God always says, because you know. You know you're supposed to do that. You know you have to walk in love. You know you're supposed to forgive. You know you're supposed to reach out. He said, because you know. Everybody, see, I know. I got that quiet response before, too. It's like, no, I'm going to do that. You don't, I don't like that. But I know. It messes us all up. <laughs> but if you want God to show up, and you want God to do the things that he needs to do, hallelujah, then especially if you want God to show up in your times of trouble, then you got to keep your heart right. Don't let anything, don't let anything, 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 anything stay in your heart. You've got to do that. Hallelujah. You know, when, when he does that with our heart and we get pure in heart, we get to see God working in our lives and we can see God working even in the midst of things. Amen. Notice what verse 9 says. Let's keep going. Blessed are the peacemakers for there shall be, they shall be called the children of God. Notice it said peacemakers, not troublemakers. That's not what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be peacemakers. The Bible says live peaceably with all men as much as in you is. I know there are some people that you just, they don't want to live peaceably. I know that there are some people, they take extra grace required. We call them EGR Christians. Okay? That's just what it is. But the key is that doesn't mean you got to live by them or whatever. But what it simply means is you do. you gotta, you got to take hold of the truth of the word of God. Hallelujah. you got to have an attitude that you're not going to be one that brings up strife or division. Because where strife is, is every evil work. It'll mess you all up. It'll mess things in your life. You've got to do everything in your power that you're doing what you know to do is right. Because if you do everything right of what you know, that doesn't mean you're perfect, but if you'll do what you know in your heart to do, then you can stand before God and let God be God in your life. Amen? You can thank God for his goodness and his grace. Praise God. I always tell people, listen, before you make life-changing decisions, you got to know that you did everything you could do, you know, and, and if they don't want to walk with you, they don't want to be around you, then you're fine. You, could, you can stand before God and say, I did everything I could do except, you know, what they wanted me to do, which I knew you didn't want me to do. Amen? Then you can stand before God. You have a clear heart. You have a clear conscience. Amen? See, because we need to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. Amen? Look at verse 10. 
says, blessed are they which are persecuted for his righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoicing and be exceedingly glad or rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Notice he said here that blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. We're going to get persecuted. How many you know we're being persecuted because of the Christian faith? So we're in a perfect place right now and that's okay. That's okay. Because when you get persecuted for doing the word of God, you get persecuted for not being afraid. You get persecuted for, for standing up for the truth of the word of God. The Bible says, yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Persecution, glory to God, causes you to grow. But don't suffer persecution for self-righteousness. You're trying to be right. You don't have to be right. Hallelujah. Just allow God to be God in your life. See, because righteousness is so important when it talks about, notice that it said, they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Man, just being a Christian, just knowing who you are in Christ, you're going to get persecuted. But praise God, that's okay. Because the word of God is so much wonderful. See, the right attitude of righteous is one of the most powerful things that we can ever develop and get into because then you know you're okay with God. And when you know you're okay with God, hallelujah, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. We've got to get an attitude of righteousness because when we do, it'll change our lives forever. That's why he gave us. That's why he ended on this. He said, listen, you need to rejoice and be exceedingly glad that you're getting persecuted. That's why you've heard me comically say, man, it's exciting because we're going to get persecuted. And everybody's like, you're kidding me, right? No, 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 man, I'm excited. Why? Because persecution will cause you to know who you are and what you have. You don't really know who you are and what you have in Christ until you've been squeezed. Amen? See, getting back to Pittsburgh, I mean, those are times of fire. That was 12 and a half years of just endeavoring to live a life and reach out and touch people's lives. But there was always something crazy happening. But I thank God that God enabled us and give us grace because we had to stay full because the minute you got relaxing, something even crazier happened. So you had to stay full of the things of God. Amen? And so when you see that, it changes everything. See, the Apostle Paul said this, and I'm going to close on this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in, you know, in demonstration of the spirit and with power. Why? So that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the wisdom or in the power of God. Amen. So God is declaring to us right now that these are the attitudes that we have to have. We have to have these particular things that we are peacemakers, that we are those that are mourning and praying for those, that we are the pure in heart. Amen. Glory to God. And that, yeah, we are poor in spirit because we need all the Holy Spirit's leading that we can. Amen. I tell you what, I need the Holy Spirit's leading every day of my life. Hallelujah. But allowing God to be God, he's going to take us on. And guess what? The church is going to get brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, thank you for your incredible, amazing grace. I love you and I praise you and thank you that you've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. And you've given us these particular attitudes that Jesus taught to his disciples the very first sermon that he did. And he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Father, thank you. That's the greatest thing that we have is that we knew that we needed a savior. And then when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, we realized and understood how awesome you are. And Father, you brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of your dear Son, into the kingdom of God. Lord, that's my heart's cry, my heart's desire for each and every person that's watching, each and every person that's here. Because see, that's the first thing is we need to know that we need a Savior. We may know about Jesus, we may know of Jesus, but if we've never received Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, then we're not born again. And we need to be born again. We need that Jesus Christ be the Lord of our lives. Oh, Father. Father, if there is anybody here under the sound of my voice that's here right now at the 11 o'clock service, Father, or watching, or watching this, the you need to come back to God or you need to come to God or you just need to come to God and say, God, here I am. I've not had the right attitudes. I've not had the right... I need to come and make sure that my life is right. I want to know that I understand being poor in spirit. I need this. I need to mourn. I need to have a pure heart. Father, I need to come back and get some things off of my chest and get some things out and get forgiveness. I need to be quick to forgive and quick to repent hallelujah Lord thank you for that and if you are here and you need prayer for any of those things whether you're come back to God or coming to God for the first time or just knowing hey pastor please pray I need to get my heart right just raise your hand real high let's pray let's pray for you let's get to the you know one of the things about it is people think well I don't want anybody to see who cares what anybody thinks you got to stand before Jesus and God who cares about anybody else hallelujah I never understood that. I never, never was a follower. I always was a leader, going and doing. You know, I was always doing my own thing. But Father, thank you. I do pray not only for those, but I pray for each and every one here. Let us rise up in the strength of the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And let us have this attitude that we're going to have an attitude that we need you every day of our life. We're going to have an attitude that, Father, if we see people who don't know you, that we need to pray for them, to to know you. Father, if we see people doing things, you said to pray that you would forgive them. And, Father, we're going to reach out that they touch lives. Father, you said that those of us that do hunger and, and seek after righteousness, Father, we shall be filled. And, Father, also, blessed are the meek, or blessed are the merciful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for meekness and mercy. I honor you and love you. Thank you for your great mercy. Lord, thank you that you're not holding our trespasses against us. But your great grace, your great love, you are such a great God. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. And Lord, we honor you today. And Lord, I just thank you that as we go today, hallelujah, that you go with us. Make us you know, laborers sent forth into your harvest. Just make us lights in the darkness. Make us be like a, a light that's set upon a, 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 a mountain and set up there. Let us be like a city who's set upon a hill. Father, let us be the salt of the earth. We know we're going to rub people the wrong way sometimes, but Father, you said blessed are we when we get persecuted for righteousness' sake. Father, let your light shine in every aspect that it can because we want to bring back the King and we want people to know Jesus Christ is Lord. 
So thank you for that, Father. Thank you and praise you for each and every one. We just love you, we honor you, and we thank you for it now. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon. 